You know, this gospel is so filled with miracles, it's hard to even summarize it, but I'm going to try to summarize it very quickly because it's just so encouraging. So, you know, this is after Christ has died, crucified uh, on the cross, risen from the dead, and his apostles are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. And Jesus, in the risen form, has already appeared to them twice, and this gospel is the third time he's appeared to the disciples, the apostles. This time, Peter and the disciples were out fishing. Remember, they were businessmen. Most of them were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. They went back to what they had known before, trying to understand what this is all about. You can understand that, can't you? After something momentous had happened to them, like following Jesus and trying to understand and locate all this in their lives, it had to be very challenging. So there they were, and they'd been fishing all night long, and they were just about ready to give up. It was toward morning, and they're trying to come in, and they're discouraged because they hadn't caught a thing. And then somebody on the shore, whom they kind of recognize, says, cast your net to the starboard side, on the other side, put your net over there. And then all of a sudden, they put their net over there, the fish cart coming in, 153 they gather in. And they probably thought, why didn't we think of that? Try the other side. Interesting, isn't it? First miracle. Peter jumps in the, in the Sea of Galilee and either swims or walks through the Sea of Galilee if it's not too far away, and he's running up there first. So we learn from that what we call in the church the primacy of Peter. Peter's always leading. That's his nature, and that's what Jesus wants him to be. But where is Jesus? They finally recognize it is the Lord. He had prepared breakfast for them, over a charcoal fire. Number miracle, miracle number two. This resurrection is not about a spirit or a soul. It's the risen body of Christ. Now he looks different, but he's risen. They recognize him. When is the last time you saw a spirit or a soul eating food and cooking breakfast? No, they don't do that. They don't do that. They're, they're ghosts. That's why we call them ghosts. Jesus was risen from the dead, another miracle they saw. And what was he doing? He was cooking over a charcoal fire. Eh, 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 eh. That's a red alert. What that means is something's coming. When was the last time you heard of a charcoal fire? On Holy Thursday night, Peter was warming his hands over a charcoal fire. Remember that? And that very night, he denied the Lord Jesus three times. Three times. His closest friend, he denied him. Denied that he knew him. Denied that he had anything to do with him. Three times. And so Jesus says to him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. A second time he asks him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my, feed my lambs, Peter. The third time, and by now Peter's getting irritated. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. A threefold denial and a threefold healing and forgiveness. So anytime you think that you're not forgiven, that you've committed that unforgivable sin that the Lord or the church will never forgive, forget about it. All you have to do is come to the Lord 
acknowledge what you've done. I do too, all the time. Have to acknowledge and ask for the Lord's forgiveness. That's all he wants. And then he pours his mercy into us and calls us to do something big for him. What a beautiful thing. That's miracle number three. Forgiveness and healing. Even for Peter, who did probably one of the worst things anybody's ever done. His greatest leader and successor as far as the vicar for Christ and the successor. And Peter is healed and ready to go about his mission. Tonight, you were, given, you were given the Holy Spirit when you were baptized as a child, and today the Holy Spirit's going to come alive in you in a new way. That same Holy Spirit that inspired Peter to run out of the boat and go to the sea, that same Holy Spirit that worked the miracle to produce 153 fish when they had no luck at all, that same Holy Spirit who moves with mercy is going to be coming alive in you again tonight. He will accompany you all the days of your life. Don't forget him. Don't forget about him. Call on him for help. Today I ask you to continue to develop a deep and abiding friendship with Jesus. Invite him to be your best friend, and he will hear and answer that invitation. Offer him a simple and humble prayer, and the Holy Spirit, who is the very love of God personified, will help you to keep the friendship growing and developing all the days of your life. God is not boring, I can assure you. And once you fall in love with the Lord, your life will never be boring again. And that is the movement of the Holy Spirit that helps you to grow and grow and see how deep, how energizing is the love of God. And so with this gift, you will be given the grace to live in the light of God's love and you will know that you are created in the image and likeness of God and that will give you two things identity and comfort in who you are because you're a follower of the Lord Jesus you'll be able to help others also to find who they are and their call in life their direction in life remember God makes no mistakes he doesn't make junk let me tell you how many people seem to be struggling with this. About a year ago on the TV Mass on Sunday morning, I gave an instruction and preached a homily about each and every person is made in the image and likeness of God. There, God makes no mistakes. He doesn't make junk. He makes us with pure intention, with the cooperation of our parents, of course. A lady wrote to me, Bishop, thank you for that homily. I'm in my mid-40s, she said. And my whole life, my father has told me that I was a mistake. Now, I think what he was trying to say was she was an unplanned pregnancy. That's the way we would call it today. But she felt so free and liberated to know that she was not a mistake. That God had her in his mind from the very beginning. He makes noble human beings whom he loves and simply asks for love in return. God's not here to judge you. God's here to help you to fall in love with him and to return your life and your service by passing on the gift of love to others. That love is the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
the third person of the Blessed Trinity and the very gift of love itself. He loves you. Please, if you don't get anything else by coming to church, for heaven's sake, accept his love. Move off of this judgmental stuff. Learn to grow in your life of faith. It's incredible. Through the gifts of understanding and counsel, brothers and sisters, you'll be, you'll be able to help guide the lives of other people. You'll bring hope to your families. You know what parents tell me? Something came over my son, my daughter. They used to be kind of weighted down and a little depressed, maybe a little discouraged and really struggling. Something happened. They got to know Jesus. They got to know and depend on the Holy Spirit. And now they bring hope to our family. They're changing our family because of their light and love and teaching us to pray, etc. You'll be able to guide the loves of others, bring hope to your families and classmates and friends if you use these gifts you're given today. All you have to do, lightly ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And he will be right there for you. Don't miss an opportunity. If you see somebody struggling or discouraged, give them a glance of love or reach out to them with a word or a pat on the back. It makes a world of difference, especially when you're trying to help someone else. The Holy Spirit will be right there with you. Just call on him. Through fortitude and piety, you will be strong in defending Jesus and the Catholic Church. You know, the Catholic Church has been, become the whipping post of the culture today. Now, we have our problems. We're a mixture of saints and sinners. We got our challenges. We got our problems. But the reason the culture doesn't like the church is because we strive to teach the truth, the truth that really sets people free. You know that. You've heard it all, haven't you? And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll get your act together. You'll know the answers to why the questions people have about the Catholic Church and you will become a soldier for Christ. Nothing wrong with being a soldier, especially for Christ. When I was receiving confirmation as a seven-year-old boy in Sacred Heart Cathedral in Dodge City, Kansas, Bishop Forrest did this to all of us because it used to be in the ritual. A tap on the cheek. How many of you my age, or maybe a little younger, a little older, how many of you remember that from your confirmation? Would you raise your hands? A few of us. Okay, there you go, there you go. What's that supposed to symbolize? Schwester, danke sehr. Wie geht es Ihnen? Gut? Yeah, good. So, you see, when we begin to uh, ask for that courage, that fortitude, ask the Holy Spirit. He will help you dig for the answers. When somebody says something to you you don't know, simply say, honestly, I don't know, but I'll look it up. I'll get back to you, and I'll answer your question. There's an answer, and it's a perfect answer. I just don't know it right now. It's okay. People respect that. So all you have to do is quietly ask the Holy Spirit to be right there with you. Through the gifts of fortitude and piety, you'll become a soldier for Christ. You'll be able to fight off temptations and attacks against God. You know, there's a lot of negative stuff in our culture, and a lot of it starts to get inside of you. Remember those images of the angel and the devil on one shoulder? Well, it's not quite that clear. But it's true that darkness continues to plague people and convince them they're no good, try to confuse them about their identity in all kinds of ways, and pretty soon they're in a boatload of trouble and hurt. That's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me clarity. Get these dark thoughts away from me. And you have the power 
to cast out those dark thoughts yourself by standing in the Lord, in his holy name, by his most precious blood, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you kick that stuff out because it's straight from the devil. All he cares about is your destruction as a person and as a family. Kick him out. Take authority over him. Be strong. That's fortitude. And piety, brothers and sisters, that's the most exciting thing there is because it means you develop a deep and loving rapport with God and you learn how to pray. The more you know how to pray, the more you want to know how to pray. And pretty soon a divine intimacy starts to take hold in your soul, which is the very center point of your being. And you start to change because the Holy Spirit in his nice, quiet way, much quieter than I am now, moves beautifully in your interior life and changes you from the inside out by piety and prayer. Wow. And that desire will grow. You'll never want to miss Mass on Sunday, not just because it's a commandment of the Lord, keep holy the Lord's day, and a, and a commandment of the church to participate in Mass every Sunday. It's a serious thing. If you miss Mass, it's serious. You'll never want to do it, not because it's a rule or a law or a commandment, which it is, but because you can't wait to get there. You can't wait because God's love impels you to want to come together with the community to give God gratitude for the week that has been, to thank him for this Sunday which belongs to him alone, and to ask his blessing on the week to come. Why wouldn't you be here? Brothers and sisters, if people understood the Mass, we'd have so many people standing here waiting in the aisles if they only understood the Mass. We would have to multiply the number of Masses if people understood the Mass and raise up many leaders to the priesthood, vocations to priesthood, vocations to religious life, because people are going to need a lot of help. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. But we need to recover a sense of who and what the Mass is, which is the greatest gift God has ever given humanity besides the gift of Jesus. You will have a stronger attraction to the sacrament of reconciliation and confession. By the way, something's happening. The priests are all telling me that this last Lent, some of the senior priests came up to me, several of them, and said, Bishop, something's happening. So what do you mean, Father John, for example? What do you mean, Father John? I've heard more confessions this Lent than I ever have in my life as a priest. More confessions this Lent. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know if that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit moving or people really thinking things through when the pandemic came, thinking about what's my life about anyway. But it's a beautiful gift. And the sacrament, especially when received on a monthly basis, it helps one to grow and delivers us from the psychological weight of our sins. You see, sin is very heavy. It's burdensome and it's costly. Once you get into addiction, it's costly. It'll ruin you financially. An addiction ruins you and keeps you a slave. The way to get free, tell the truth, especially in the context of confession. It's one of the most beautiful things. And you know, we priests are given a grace that we never remember any sin connected to any person. Are, do you agree with me, fathers? Is that true? It's a grace. It's, it kind of gives you, I don't, what do you call it, amnesia. Sac sacramental amnesia. You know, it's a gift. I'm so glad I got that. 
But you know, it's a little bit that the church scares you because if we reveal any sin connected to any one of you or anybody else, we can be automatically excommunicated from the church in a heartbeat. That's how serious the church takes that confidentiality, the sacred seal of confession. So use the confessional. People are healed from addictions, from psychological weight and sin. And they're free. They get free. Why? Because they're telling the truth to Jesus through sacramental gifts. It's phenomenal. The sacrament of confession is the dispensary. Remember, a dispensary is a place where medications are given out. It's the dispensary of God's merciful love and light that helps you to see and embrace the love of God all around you. Let me repeat that sentence. The sacrament of confession is the dispensary of God's merciful love and his light that helps you to see and embrace the love of God all around you. You don't have that habit, develop it. It will help you to grow in your friendship with Christ and your friendship with the Holy Spirit. The last of the seven gifts, fear of the Lord, while you grow constantly in your understanding of the breadth, the width, the height, and the depth of the power of the Creator, the Almighty God, you will begin to see how tiny you are and I am, a speck of dust on the spectrum of history compared to the power of God. We are totally insignificant. And yet, the good news is, God made each one of you. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows you inside and out. He can count every hair on your head, the scriptures tell us. And he loves you. He created you on purpose to be with him someday in heaven, to give praise and honor and glory to the Father. That's what this life is all about, preparing us to one day give praise and glory and honor to the Father, anticipated in every Mass, so that when we get there we recognize what's going on, giving praise and honor and glory to God for eternity. Eternity is a lot longer than this life. You want to make sure you get to the right place, right? And so you, your generations who love science, science is the study of creation. And it keeps growing and growing because we know more and more about how magnificent the creator is, how complicated. Just the human body, those of you who are in, in medical sciences or doctors or nurses, you know how complex just the human body is. God is a genius beyond all geniuses. And the more we know, the more there is to know. That's how good he is. So exciting. So therefore, you will have the fear of the Lord because he is holy. That means extremely other and powerful. But you also know at the same time that he has chosen to use that power to extend mercy and love to all of his creation. There's an old spiritual hymn that says, For he is mighty Lord, God of all. He is love and Lord of us all. Let me repeat that. For he is mighty Lord, God of all. He is love and Lord of us all. It goes like this. For he is mighty Lord, God of all. He is love and Lord of us all. For he is mighty Lord, God of all. 
He is love and Lord of us all.